Happy Easter to all of you. Christ our Lord is truly risen. Alleluia. It's a wonderful day, and uh, I will admit that I'm very much looking forward to a nice Easter tradition of a long nap. (laughs) These last days have been beautiful, entering into the mystery of our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. If you recall, of course, Thursday, on Holy Thursday, we gathered, we heard of Christ rising from the table and wrapping a towel around himself and giving the apostles a sign that he comes not to be served, but to serve. And that service also means giving his life as ransom for the many, those who will come to him, and giving us that great gift, that great presence of his presence in the Eucharist. That is only foreshadowing what is to occur. And of course, on Friday, we gathered and we heard of Christ's arrest, his death and, resur- death and burial. And we pondered, perhaps, with the Blessed Mother, with St. John, the silence of the cross. And last night, all the gates of heaven broke loose, it seemed, as we saw everything being brought together. The blessing of fire, the blessing of the Paschal candle, the blessing of, of water, and hearing that great story that is ours, not only of the resurrection, but how God in the very beginning created Adam and Eve, man and woman, in his image and likeness. And how that image and likeness was damaged. We didn't hear that necessarily, but we recall that. That was damaged by the sin of Adam and Eve and the taking of the fruit, the disobedience. The damage that was done that is passed on to us in original sin. That we were separated from God for all eternity with no way back. There's nothing we could do on our own to earn salvation, to be brought back into God's good graces. And we heard of, of God's leading his people out of Egypt with the pillar of smoke and fire, symbolized by the pillar of incense and the candle. We renewed our baptismal promises that just as Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, so too we need to be buried with him in baptism and rise again. And of course, we had two men enter our church last night, and with great joy, they were confirmed and received the Blessed Sacrament for the first time. But it's only in that celebration of the the Eucharist that we have the fullness of what these days have meant for us. What was prefigured and foreshadowed in Holy Thursday, what is given and consummated on Good Friday, now is given to us as not just a mere sign, but a real sign that God is present to us, that Jesus Christ is risen for us. And today as we gather on this Easter Sunday morning, such a beautiful morning, it doesn't even matter what the weather is or what else is swirling around in our lives and our world, but we know it is a good morning because Jesus Christ is risen. But as we gather today, as we hear this gospel passage, you will note one thing. We don't see the resurrected Christ yet. Every Easter Sunday, I ponder this mystery. Why does a church give us this 
this gospel passage, while we've been focused on the gospel of John these last days, except last night, of course, but we've been focused on the gospel of John, and so we continue. But there's another reason I believe that the church in her wisdom gives us this passage, because the church wants us to ponder the emptiness of the tomb a little longer. To remember our faith is filled with the reality of the empty tomb. As I shared last night, and I had read somewhere, there's 4,200 religions around the world. 4,200. Not one of them, except one, has a God who dies for them and rises again. Not one of them, except one, has an empty tomb. And as St. Paul would say, either the tomb is empty or our faith is empty. The tomb is empty, brothers and sisters. That we are called this day to ponder that emptiness of the tomb. Perhaps with St. John again, the other disciple went in. He, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, he saw and believed. So often we want to see we want, to, we want to understand uh, through our sight and have that certainty of faith. But sometimes that's not going to come. We are called to, with St. John, to see and believe. And of course, we know that the Lord is truly risen, that he will appear to them, as we will hear next week as we gather, that he is true, truly risen in our midst. And in this Eucharist, we receive him. But there's another mystery to ponder, perhaps. And that's, I, I found myself captured by this idea of silence. If you remember at Christmas, we hear the song of the angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. That same joy, joyful song that we begin our glory of this morning with. That was ringing through the heavens by the angels, a song that that echoes to our own day. But there is no song for Christ's resurrection. It's a simple, quiet message. And so often, perhaps, in our world, we think that God is silent. And we think so many people in our world think that silence means that God does not hear, or that God is, even worse, absent or even more terrible, that he doesn't exist. But the silence of God is not to be confused with his absence. God is not absent, nor really is he silent. When we needed a message from God, he sent his word, the Son of God. He sent his word, and that word sometimes comes in silence, yes, And sometimes it speaks a word that shatters the earth. If we remember as that word died on the cross, the earth quaked, tombs were opened, and saints walked through the city. Oh, that had to be a sight. Not zombies, but resurrection. That Christ speaks a word that gives comfort to those who are grieving that gives health to those who are sick, that gives hope to those who are despairing. Christ is the final word of God. He's not just born for us, 
but rather sacrificed for us that we may have life. God is not silent. God is trying to speak to us. We need to open up something more than our physical ears to look for those little signs of his presence, little signs of a message, perhaps. And if you don't mind, indulge me a little bit of one such way. I know it's a little silly, but I, I take great comfort in it these days. But last year, when my mother had passed, she had a Christmas cactus. And it is a Christmas cactus. I looked. It's, this Christmas cactus is, is apparently doesn't pay attention to the calendar. It started blooming around her birthday in November. It bloomed at Christmas like it was supposed to. It bloomed on the first anniversary of her passing, and it's blooming today. Now, I know it's a little silly, but I take that as a sign that God is here, that he does hear. And I guarantee if we open up our eyes and open up our ears of faith, we will see him. And if once we see him, how can we deny his presence? And once we see him and and that presence becomes so undeniable, how can we stop from coming to Mass to thank him for the gift that he has given, to thank him for the life that he has given us? How can we stop Sunday after Sunday from worshiping him? And even better, receiving him in the Eucharist. How can we stop once we encounter him. I don't know about you, but I know it's impossible to stop worshiping because he is present. He is not silent. Certainly not uh, when we open our eyes and ears of faith. This day, this great Easter, we call to mind that Jesus Christ is truly risen, not just resuscitated, but risen to a new life. And he offers that new life to all who come to him. There's nothing we can do to earn it, nothing we can do to, uh, besides receiving it from Christ. He's the only way. As he says, he's the way, the truth, the life. This day he is risen to give us the great gift of salvation. See, God would rather die then let us be separated from him. That's what we celebrate this day. This is, in all humility, the deepest message of the gospel. It's not just for us, though. As Catholics, as Christians, if we think this message is just for us who who celebrate Easter this day, when so many of the world needs this message, So many of the people in this world are are lost and hurting and confused. So many are despairing and suffering. So, So many almost needlessly. We need to share this message. Bishop Zelensky has been wonderful in sharing this message, reminding us that we were created in God's image and likeness, that we're a big deal, and God has a plan for us. And so often that message that we think, the gospel that we proclaim is so difficult. No, it's basically this. That God loves us so much that he died for us. 
He sent his son to suffer on the cross for us. And he loves us so much that he wants to give us an enduring presence. And so he gives us the Eucharist, which makes the church. He gives us himself, Jesus does, to give us eternal life. This day, if you encounter someone who needs this message, this week, this month, hold on to it and pass it on. The more we pass it on, it's like the light that we shared last night at the vigil. Starts with a single flame, the candle, and then it's extended to more candles. And each candle that's lit, the light does not get diminished, but increased, multiplied. So much so that it lights the entire church. Let the faith that we have, that we celebrate, this day light the entire world, especially those corners that are most dark.